0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Moon,
1: you
2: saw me standing
1: low. Welcome to the Man City show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. Another three points away at Bournemouth at the weekend. An unconvincing second half performance. But three points all the same that keeps the Blues one point behind the league leaders. Two outstanding performances for me. And I'm going to see if my three guests can guess which two players are written down. I'll give you a clue. Their initials are Phil Foden and John Stones. Um, Yeah. What's happened to Haaland is another question. Uh, Three options. He's allowed not to score occasionally. Number two, he's lost some form, or three, the opposition have sussed him out, or maybe a bit of all three. We'll find out what my guest thinks about that as well. Uh, FA Cup this week, and then the next five league games are against teams currently in the top six. How mad is that with Copenhagen sort of sandwiched in the middle? Unbelievable. We've got a few sort of Twitter questions thrown in as well. But we're going to start by welcoming my three guys. Welcome to Sarah Messenger, to Spencer Devson and Stato Paul Demby. Welcome, all three. Hi, Nigel. I like uh, listen, Sarah, as always, start us off, please, if you can. Uh, unconvincing, uh, certainly unconvincing second half, but it's what champions do, isn't it? Three points.
0: That's certainly how you can look at it, Nigel. It uh, wasn't a great game. We played pretty well in the first half. I, mean, I wasn't blown away by us, but we played uh, reasonably well. We got a goal. We should have had probably three by half-time. Uh, and then the second half when I was looking forward to them coming down our end and hopefully knee sliding towards me on the front row uh, and making my, you know, big, getting a big starring moment on uh, on Sky Sports, they failed to do very much at all down the other end of the pitch. And actually Bournemouth looked pretty dangerous on occasions. I think I said on the podcast last week, that Bournemouth certainly weren't to be taken lightly. They've done pretty well at home. So look, as you said in your intro, at this stage of the season, three points is all that matters. We got them. We didn't let a goal in, um, and we move on to the next game, as the players would say.
1: And is that right, Stato? At this point of the season, three points is really what it's all about. Or are you slightly concerned about the fact that we're just managing just to kind of just get over the line in some of these games?
3: We're getting just over the line. Fantastic, picking up the three points. But it's against the weaker teams in the league, let's be honest about it. Brentford and Bournemouth, not the strongest opposition we're going to face, as you mentioned, now in the next half dozen or so games. It is going to be really tough. Um, yes, Stretford have found a little bit of form but very unpredictable. And the other teams that will be fighting with Liverpool-Arsenal are going to be massive matches. And if we play like we have done the last couple of games, I can't see how we get three points out of... Either of those two. Those two are right on form. Things change. We before the recent run of three or four games, we were playing quite well. What has happened? What has changed? I'm not I'm not really sure. Um, but we've got to get back to how we were playing earlier on in January, when we were really putting some great passing moves together, coming out against teams. Uh, now that win at Newcastle uh, just exam- was a great example of how the team spirit was there as well. I think we're scraping by and there's too many players that are not quite on the top of their game at the moment.
1: The good news to answer your question is we've got Spencer Debson on the show this week. So even though you can't answer it, I know a man who can, Stato. <laughs> it's the great, the one and only Spencer Debson. Please, what's what's, what's gone wrong? Um, Stato can't help us. I know you can, Spencer.
2: Well, about I, I I wouldn't characterize it as things going wrong. I honestly wouldn't. I mean, it's often against the teams in the bottom half that that, that we slip up, or the teams slip up where they're you know having a a run that actually doesn't doesn't end up in in victory at the end of the season. We're we're dispatching these teams. It wasn't a great, particularly in the second half, not a great performance against Bournemouth. Which we'll talk about Brentford as well. But we're winning the games. Uh, And we're not winning them badly. Um, I think it's the contrast with probably last season where we might have gone on having got the first goal to win three or four and it's very, very comfortable. Well, I don't think we're really playing badly. We're clearly not playing as well as last season. We're winning the games and I do think we we, we raise our games against uh, the top teams and we'll we'll soon see it in the Liverpool and Arsenal games. But I don't think anything is really badly wrong at this point. I I honestly don't.
1: All right. Can we talk about some of the positives at the weekend? We can briefly touched on the Brentford game if we get time, but it seems a long time ago now. So, so um, Stato, I, I put sort of two names out there. Um, and, and they are John Stones, who I've described in the past as being, you know, a reasonably good centre-half. Now he's quite an outstanding midfielder. You know, who, who would have thought? Uh, and then Phil Foden, who just seems to be getting better and better and better. Uh, let's just have a bit of a a session on these two great players. I mean, you may well think of a third who sort of stood out for you as well, but those two, for me, were outstanding for different reasons.
3: Yeah, had you not even quoted their, in inverted commas, initials, I think I might have come up with those two names as well. I think uh, John Stones had a brilliant game. Um, It's between those two for the man of the match. Uh, He was doing what he does at his absolute peak, moving into midfield, passing the ball, reading the game well. I'm never sure why a kanji is asked to do the same sort of role because he clearly can't quite do it. And that's not a, I'm not having to go to kanji. It's just that Stones is so good at it. Uh, and Phil Foden, as you're saying, is is getting better and better, which he thought probably he couldn't because he's been so brilliant most of this season. He's had an extended run in the team, which helps. He's played in quite a few different positions. I still think the best position for him is um, the number 10 type role. I don't think he I think he loses out when he's out on the wing. He doesn't get involved as much but uh, on Saturday evening he was just uh, brilliant and long may that continue because we need those two plus a few others to start um all hitting form at the same time would be really great to see. Uh, we need a couple more to, to turn up as well.
1: At Spencer, I'm, I'm happy for you to pick whichever one you want, whether it's Stones or Foden, just to kind of wax lyrical for a few moments in terms of their performance, particularly at the, at Bournemouth.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, both of them. I mean, Stones for me was was I think it was his best game. I can't say his best game he's ever played for City, but uh, something approaching that because it's the, dis- the c- decision. Well, the, the decision making. I mean, did all the centre half stuff. But all of a sudden he's in the middle, he's on the left, he's up front. There was one point where he did a one-two, I can't remember with who, and he sort of was hitting the byline and, and cutting it back and creating uh, creating trouble. So I think it, it represents a player that's totally trusted by, by Pet. Um, he's been playing, you know, been playing together for seven, eight years now, I suppose. But he had a really fabulous game. Um, and loved watching him. And Foden, Foden's been at a high level. For at least a dozen games and and possibly the whole season, I actually think he's our player of the season so far by a country mile uh he's absolutely outstanding again we've we've said it we, we like him in the middle, and that's where he's at his most potent. but yeah the two of them were really really good to watch and and good signs for the rest of the season if they can keep that up.
1: Can I just pick up, Sarah, what the two guys have said about Foden in particular? Uh, and kind of with your coach's hat on, if I may, um, this fact that, that we all think that, that he's better in the middle, um, kind of in that playing that number 10 role, uh, wasted out on the right. And yet Pep does seem to persevere with that. I mean, as a player, I'm not sure how we'll probably never know how he feels until his book comes out, I suppose. <laughs> but... How how difficult must that be for the player, kind of of being moved around the place? Probably, I guess he probably prefers playing in the middle as well. He seems to be far more effective there. What, What are your thoughts about that position for him and how he must feel about that?
0: Well, I mean, the first thing to remember is that there's almost no team in the world where he'd have the same level of midfield competition as he's got at City. So when he isn't played in the middle, it's only because... You've got De Bruyne, uh, Rodri obviously playing more defensive, Bernardo Silva, etc. I think, I mean, it's obvious that if Odin himself has said he prefers playing in that number 10 role. And for the thing that one of I mean he's brilliant at many things, but one of the things he's particularly brilliant at is taking the ball and turning with it all in one motion and immediately then moving us, you know, getting us on the front foot going forward. There's not many players who can do it as well as he does it. And, and obviously that's not a skill that's required quite as much when you're playing out wide. But I guess as well that Foden understands that you can't play for Guardiola and only have one position that you're either prepared to play in or that you can function effectively in. So I suspect, yes, if he he was given the choice every week, he'd say, play me in that number 10 position. But he'd rather play out on the wing than not play, particularly bearing in mind the competition he's got in central midfield. But what I would say is he had a chance this season with De Bruyne's injury and he definitely took it. So he, he can't have left Guardiola with any concerns about him playing in that role moving forward, whether De Bruyne is playing or not.
1: I, I was a bit cheeky about Harland in my introduction as well, Spencer, of course, because... Uh, it was only this earlier this week, when or the last week, when he scored against Brentford, of course, in in that game. Uh, the only team, of course, he hadn't. The only team he hadn't scored against, of course. Um, I don't think he scored against Luton, actually, but he's not. I don't think he's played against them. But uh, uh, in terms of the league, I think Brentford was the one team he hadn't scored against. But but just sort of picking up on that victory, which again was a similar to the Bournemouth game. Lots of chances, a bit unconvincing in terms of our finishing, um, and then maybe a bit on Harland as well. Of my kind of three excuses. Is it fair to say he's allowed to miss occasionally? Uh, is it the fact he's maybe lacking a bit of form compared to last season or is it just the fact that defences have kind of worked him out now? Where, where do you sit on that? How do you think he... Where does he sit?
2: Look, it's a little bit of all of the above, I suppose. But, uh, I mean, on the Bournemouth game, he had that great chance early on um, and given he'd scored against Brentford and these are the types of positions that typically he'd absolutely bury it and he, and he flashed it wide... Um, he had all those headers didn't he i think against uh, a couple of uh, games ago so he he's not got that 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 absolutely clinical finishing uh, level that he had last season but i think it's pretty harsh to to say that he's um you know off form in any way he's always getting into the right places um he's getting the chances he's the top goal scorer in the league is he not um and i think that he will uh, he, you know, he's got a great attitude. That's the thing I love about Harland. He never gives up. He never stops making the runs, um, and he plays with determination uh, at, at all times. So I, I, I think we just—it's just a part of the season, a phase—and uh, he will absolutely be really important to us for the rest of the season. It's my view, but you know, obviously, you know, he's not right at that top level that he was last season. Just one notch down, but that's more than good enough
1: took the goal well, to be fair, didn't he, Paul, in terms of, uh, I think it was Alvarez who who pushed it through to him and uh, he went on to it and and, and took the goal very well.
3: He did. I mean, that's what you hope your top uh, striker is going to do. Run onto the ball. Uh, Brentford player slipped, so that helped him. But um, he took it very well. Um, But he is lacking a bit of form. If I'm choosing one of your three to say what's gone wrong, he's not the same player Maybe he was just too good last season. We all ex- our expectations are too high when he hit fifty-two goals. I think it was. Uh, he's not going to get anywhere near that. Clearly, he took a couple months out with an injury. But even pro rata, I don't think he's going to get near there. He does miss more than he did last season. So I don't think I don't think the opposition have worked him out because he's still getting into positions to score. I think he's missing a few chances that last season he would have put away. That's not to say he won't get that back again and be able to in the run into the final matches of the season to help us win any of the competitions the league the league, the Champions League or the FA Cup, he won't be able to return to what he did. But if I'm absolutely honest about it, he's lacking a bit of form at the moment. So that's the one I would
1: go with. I mean he's still a beast there, isn't he? I mean he, he gets into the right positions. He defenders bounce off him. He's got strength, but he's not quite taking as Paul rightly says, he's not quite taking the chances he was last season.
0: It's not, and I'm I, i, I I'm not, I sort of do agree with Paul, and then I sometimes think, but the problem is he just had such a freaky season last season that that has become, that became his, and it was his first season, so it became the benchmark, and if we looked at him against any other normal me- measure, so we took that last season out of the equation and looked at him against any no- normal measure, we'd be saying he's still having a really good season this season. Um so it's whether we're justified in being disappointing that he disappointed that he's missing some chances that he did bury last season, or whether we just see it as that was just a freak uh, of nature and actually what we're getting now is a normal level of performance from a top quality striker. I think I'm, I'm more erring on the side of that. He didn't have a lot an injury that took him out for as long as it has this season. He didn't have a bereavement, which we know he's had recently. All these little factors may be at play, but... I'm not worried about Haaland at all. Before I forget, Nigel, just one other thing I wanted to mention about the last two games in terms of players who've done well. Um, I'm just going to give a little mention to our friend Edison in goal because we very rarely talk about Edison because we very rarely need him. Um, But in both games, he made some really, really important saves and we credit him quite rightly for his passing ability. Um, and and his ability to just kind of keep us moving, the ball moving at the back. But I think we should we, we, we should give him a shout out because he is a really good keeper, and he showed that uh, in those two games, and probably helped to earn us a, uh, the three points in both of them.
1: I think that's fair. He gave the ball away as well, didn't he? A couple of games ago as well. But we're, no, we're talking about <laughs> positives, <side>, so you're <laughs> quite right. now. and you're right. We, we don't because. He's just there, and he doesn't have to get involved that often. But it's a fair shout, Sarah, and i would accept that. Oh, and Sarah, just sticking with you, what about City as a team? Because a number of mates of mine over the last few weeks have kind of come up and talked about oh, it's not cool, not the season that you've been having. And I and I have to remind them, you know, we won five trophies last year, yeah, five, you know, unbeaten in the calendar year. This year, we're one point off the league leaders. We're we've won our first leg in our Champions League last 16. We haven't lost a game in the Champions League. Yeah, we're still in the FA Cup. I was kind of scratching my head a bit saying, you wish you were having such a crap season, your team, whoever they are, whether it's Stretford or Liverpool or or Spurs or Arsenal, whoever they are, my mates talking about. They all seem to kind of make out as a city are having a poor season and and we had a bit of stick on twitter you might have seen as well last week you were on last week when we were all kind of we had a happy index i think and we were all relatively happy and they were giving us a hard time because we'd had a a bad yeah i can't quite work it out where 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 are you in terms of just remind me where you are and and people are saying we're having a bad season but i i can't quite get my head around that we're doing all right aren't we
0: they we're need to, get, yeah. They need to get a grip, don't they, Nigel? I mean, this is—it's ridiculous to suggest that we're having a bad season for two reasons. One is you can't replicate; you can't take a given season when we played Swashbuckling Football or we won the treble or whatever it is, and just expect that to be replicated the following season. It just doesn't happen, and um, so. You know, all you can do is look at where you are at any given point. Yes, of course, I wish we were winning four and five-nil away at Bournemouth. You know, yes, I wish Harlem was back on track for scoring 48 goals or 57 goals or whatever tally we want to give him for the season. But um, it, you know, we lost two key players last summer. Um, and their replacements, I think they're getting a lot of unnecessary stick. But are doing okay, but are not setting the world alight yet. Well, we're used to that with new signings at City. Um, we are still competing for the three big trophies that we would want to be competing for. Um, I, listen, last year we'd have given anything to be a point behind the league leaders in February. So, and and we and we still have it in our control because we still have to play Arsenal and Liverpool. So um, n- neither will be easy. We may not win them both, but if we do. Potentially winning the Premier League for an unprecedented fourth time, let's not forget, is still within our graphs. So I, I, I don't buy into this at all. I think um, I think we're, the season is where any of us could have hoped it would be, and we'll see where we get to in May.
1: And is that right, Spencer? Is it the fact that it's a 1-0 victory against Bournemouth? It's a 1-0 victory against Brentford rather than the 4s and 5s, which actually the Arsenals and Liverpool are managing to achieve. And indeed, for the first time in a while, our goal difference is worse than those two. Is is that actually what it's about?
2: I I absolutely agree with everything Sarah just said there. um, And I agree with what you just said there, Nigel. It's the power of contrast. I mean, if we had sort of set the season up Coming off the treble uh, and said, you know, we'll be right in the mix um, come end of February. We'd have been right, super happy with that. Uh, and yes, the fact we're not uh, making three, four, five nil victories and we're quote scraping one nilers doesn't feel as as, uh, as 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 fulsome as it did last year. But ha- but have no fear. I mean, there's only twelve games left. Uh, you know, eight of those to me are. are you know, should be straightforward wins. More than capable. It will come down to the games against Liverpool and Arsenal for an un- to me for an unprecedented fourth title, um, which would be an unbelievable achievement. Never mind what what may or may not happen in the uh, Champions League and NFA Cup. So I think I think I think it's uh, you know careful what the naysayers say because you know we could easily have the last laugh this season.
1: Uh, is that what it is then, Paul? Do you think the goal difference? We've kind of touched on Haaland and the, maybe that is the difference, but these 1 0 victories rather than the fours and fives that maybe we were enjoying this time last season?
3: I hope it doesn't come down to goal difference at this stage. It's one point difference, isn't it? If you win the league, you hope you win it by points. Yes, goal difference might come into play. But if I recall this time last year, I think we were a few goals behind Arsenal in terms of goal difference. And then we just pulled it back and overhauled it because we got the right results and started scoring a hatful of goals in, in the matches uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, I think we've got to ignore goal difference because we are behind. And I think we've got to go for it on a points basis. And, and therefore... Just win the if we win all our games with the champions. It's, it's very easy to say because I know it's highly unlikely we'll win every single game from now to the end of the season. Then it's highly unlikely that our two main opposition, Liverpool and Arsenal, that will win every game as well. They've got a few challenging fixtures uh, coming up as well over the next uh, couple of months. Um, we just need to improve our form a bit. I think if we do that, when we go to Anfield in, a, in about three weeks' time or two, two and three weeks' time, whatever it is. Uh, and then we've got a match at the weekend, which I'm sure we'll talk about shortly, and then the big one again later in March is Arsenal. So those are the big, as we were all saying, those are the big games to focus on. Yes, we've got some other tough games in that that run as well. And then, of course, we've got our, a game, at least we scored at um, Tottenham this season, albeit in the FA Cup, so at least we can go there later in April in the knowledge that we can score there, and hopefully, because that's another tough fixture. So I think we've got quite a, a number of challenging games to come. But my, my glass
1: is usually half full, so I'll keep it that it way. It is, and that's, it's welcome. And let, Let's look forward a bit then, and, and let's start with, with the game this week, uh, which we know is uh, at Kenilworth Road, uh, FA Cup against Luton, who in the league we know are struggling and likely to be, I guess, potentially relegated, although they haven't had a bit of a rally recently. Um, won there, of course, in December, uh, although we were 1 0 down there as well at that game, I think at half time as well. Um, Spencer, your, your thoughts I, I guess Pep's going to shuffle his pack isn't he, we've, we'll come on to the ridiculous number of games and the sort of quality of the opposition we've got in the next month or so but in terms of the FA Cup against Luton Town, your, your thoughts and reflections ahead of Tuesday night?
2: Yeah, I think we have to be very confident with this game um, we're a great Cup team we've shown it time and time again I'm sure Pep will shuffle the pack again I'm wondering if he's... Uh, Perhaps going to give Oscar Bob another run out I just read that he's got a new three year deal which is which is great great news for City um, and I think that we showed we showed last time we went 1-0 down against the run of play I think uh, they've got some they've got some dangerous players haven't they uh, Luton notwithstanding their their league form uh, but I, I think we'll be more, we'll have more than enough experience to to overcome them uh, very confident on that one uh,
1: Stato as well as Oscar Bob, other. you think he might well be given another chance. Rico Lewis as well, other. maybe any other changes you can see. He's, he's got to shuffle his back, hasn't he, surely, Pep?
3: You'd have thought, so. I mean, De Bruyne uh, hasn't played full 90 minutes for a while. I don't know if he's fit enough or it'll, it'll probably protect him for the weekend's game. Um, but yes, you'd expect a couple of the younger players to come in and, and play a, a larger part in the game. Because... They are good players and they are good enough to fit into the first 11, whichever 11 he puts out. They all understand how to play the game we want to play and therefore they'll they'll fit in. He's got a choice of who he plays in the back line because we've got quite a few options there. I wouldn't be surprised if he gives Stones a rest. I think his feelings are John Stones, pivotal player, need him to be fit for the rest of the season, but I don't want to wear him out by playing him every three days or four days I might be wrong there, but I wouldn't be surprised if Stones does not play against Luton on Tuesday night. Uh, And then the rest of the team, whether it plays Haaland or Alvarez, I've got a view now that they they don't necessarily play well together. Alvarez is not a midfield player. He's he's a good striker, but he's not the same type of player as Haaland. So maybe they need to make a couple of tweaks there as well. And. We've got plenty of players. I'd like to see Grealish get an opportunity if he's fit. He was on the bench on uh, on the weekend, so there's no reason he's on the bench. He can't play at least 40, 50 minutes. So maybe get him on either at the start or give him a run out later on in the game as well. So, yeah, we've got plenty of options to change it around and, and give players a chance.
1: Yeah, I think he said, Pep, at the press conference today that uh, Grealish is fit. So uh, I'm sure he'll feature, as you say, whether he, he starts and, and plays more than a half or he comes on and has a fair chunk then. Sarah, your, your reflections briefly in terms of ahead of the, the Luton FA Cup tie before we talk about this mad month coming up.
0: Well, I agree with Paul that I think Stones will definitely get a rest. I also think and really hope that Rodri isn't started either against Luton, I think. You know the bigger game is on Sunday. Um, we ought to, you know, at the end of the day, we ought to be able to beat Luton, even if we drop two or three of our, you know, key players. That's no disrespect to Luton because they gave us a real proper game when we played them away. So I don't, I don't mean that in a kind of condescending way towards them. But even so, we ought to beat them if people play well, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So I, I'd like to see Rodri and Stones given an a rest, Harland we'll see whether he gets arrest uh, as well. Um, the other thing that I just think might be interesting is that because of the decision today to only dock Everton six points rather than ten for uh, their alleged breaches, or their breaches, perhaps they're not alleged anymore, um, it puts Luton back into a relegation position, and it just makes me wonder how much he'll want to risk his usual starting eleven when points are even more precious to them in the league than they were before the decision today. So all that remains to be seen, but um, I'm hoping we win.
1: Uh, absolutely. Let's let's look a bit further forward. Um, and before we do that, I had a question from our good friend, Kim in Oslo, who's a regular person who responds to our tweets. And he says, hello, guys, hope all is well. Very nice. Um, we've scraped by... But he feels we're about to start making a statement, and do we think that will be at Luton, in the Derby, or at Anfield? Is the question that Kim's asked us. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a when are we going to suddenly have? And I guess we were talking about it before, weren't we? This one-nil scraping against the fours and fives. When, when are we going to get our four and five-nil win? I think is what
2: Kim's asking here, Spencer.
1: Um on, this is.
2: This is not an and or question. It's an it's an and-and question. Uh, I mean, City have got an incredible record of, of really turning up the heat when the heat needs to be turned up. And I think that uh, that could well start um, Aunt Luton. And then um, please, God, may it go into, into the derby match on, on Sunday. We might come to talk about that in a minute. But um, there's absolutely no reason at all why City cannot now put the afterburners on, and they need to because we are in a genuine uh, three-way run for the title. Um, and uh, I, I really, I, I'm not, I'm less concerned than the others about our dip in form. I think that Pet is uh, is really very motivated and up for it, and I really do think we're well capable of, uh, of starting of starting a really good run in um, starting at Luton.
1: All right. Well, listen. Let's, let's look forward then, Spencer. Um, thanks for tackling that one for Kim for us. Keep keep asking those questions, Kim, and uh, keep listening. Let's uh, let's look forward then to Stretford away. And I think it was you who said earlier on they they found a little bit of form. Typical. Um, Three thirty kickoff on Sunday. Your your thoughts ahead of this one? It's 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 never. It's never easy going there. It's always very stressful. I absolutely hate it, as as, as I know we all
2: do. Um, how much do you hate it then, Spencer? How much are you not looking forward to this one then? Well, I'll be there. I'll be there. Always a stressful game. Uh, but And I do think, I mean, you're not, you're not in Stratford. You don't know who's going to turn up, do you? One week they're here, one week they're there. Um, it's never a game that we can anticipate uh, we're going to cruise through. We will not. Um, I think it will be a tight game. Uh, I think Pep will set up well for it. Um, I'm sure, as we've said, sort of alluded to before, we'll put our top team out. I'm sure Stones will be in there, um, and 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 all, the, all, all 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 the known players. So I, I think it will be um, it will be important that we we come through that game uh, strongly, that we win the game, uh, and, and that we sort of stay relatively free from injury. Uh, but I, I feel reasonably confident at this point. Reasonably confident.
1: But, Stato, it's never easy, is it? It's There's there's so many additional pressures, not just because of the run we're going on, you know, bragging rights, you know, the, the whole history with it. It's just, it's never easy, is it? And, and they've found a bit of form recently, yeah. They had a bit of a slip-up, I think, at the weekend, but that aside, they, they've strung a few performances together.
3: They have. They're very mixed, as you say. I mean, they slipped up this uh, last weekend at home to Fulham. Their away form, obviously coming to the edge, how their away form is... They've had a couple of easy away games recently, so it's not like they've beaten the top teams away from home. It's as difficult for them as it is for us, let's be honest about it. It's a a Derby game, so they've got as much pressure on them. We beat them at Old Trafford quite easily earlier in the season. I know, I think that they're playing a little bit better now, but they're away wins in the last uh, three or four games. I I think they've beaten Luton uh, and Wolves, and um, they've they've not defeated any of the top teams. They're coming up against top opposition now in City, if we're on form. We beat them 6-3, wasn't it, where we gave two silly goals away very late on and we're 6-1, comfortable, uh, and we just took our our eye off the ball. So I'm never confident going into these games, but I should be confident because we are the better team. And therefore, if we play and don't make stupid mistakes, like allowing... If the defence plays too high and Rashford's on form and uses his pace... You can be in trouble. Rashev hasn't been on form. Is it going to be his turn to try and change it around? We've got the capability of winning it, and we should be beating them in a a home match if we want to be the title winners.
2: I think without Hoyland as well, I think he's going be injured for that, won't he? Yeah. Sorry.
0: Well, the the psychological damage that lot have done to the three of us as well as you know, millions of other City fans is, is patent for us all to see from listening to these answers. Um, So it is a sense of dread, but it's that, you know, you, you trade the dread for the exhilaration of beating them, and at least we've had that pleasure on a number of occasions recently. Um, the only thing I would say to add to what the, the, the guys have said is that um United's defence is useless when Luke Shaw doesn't play and he's out. And I I don't rate a single other defender that they have. So I'm on you know, rate to the extent that I'm I, I worry about their defence. So I think the fact that Shaw is out and well um Martinez what's he called this the Martinez, that's it. He's out anyway, who are probably the only two who've got anything about them. I, I if we can't score against that lot in defense um and outscore them. Um, we do, probably don't deserve to win the title, so I think we should be pretty confident going into Sunday, despite the fact that I am psychologically damaged by them.
1: <laughs> you, you look all right to me, Sarah. But, uh, let's, <laughs> uh, listen, let, let's let's look forward then, and just remind ourselves that so Stretford on Sunday, and then we've got Copenhagen the following Wednesday, and then just a quick reminder: Sunday the tenth, Liverpool away; Sunday the seventeenth, Brighton away. Sunday the thirty-first, Arsenal at home, and Wednesday the third of April Villa at home. So I think those five are all in the top six, which is which is mad, which is just completely crazy. I know I know we've got to play every team home and away, we know that, but sometimes this happens. And this talk about a defining month in our season, um, you know, got the, the FA Cup, we've got to win that, we've got to get through the Champions League, all right, I know we've got a couple of goals advantage. And then these massive games. What what needs to change, Sarah? Um, or are you just happy that we just scrape through, or are you looking for something significant to change as as we go through into these absolutely crucial five games, league games?
0: Well, I think the first thing is you've got to have a sense of what is a reasonable points return from those five games if you're going to win the league. And I would have thought that actually we need four wins and a draw, which means we have to win one of the two away games we have to win the home games, and potentially we can have a, afford a draw at Brighton or Liverpool. Um, as you say, I mean, it's the you know it's the nature of football. Would I rather have these games in March than April? Yes. Uh, would I rather have we had what appeared on paper to be a nice, easy couple sandwiched in the middle? Yes. But as we, I think Paul mentioned earlier, we've we've dropped points against some of the easier games in the past, so. Maybe there's something about the momentum of these games that will, you know, take us through um, as we go from one to the other. I'm glad we end with the two home games, Arsenal and Villa. I think that's helpful. We're playing Liverpool at a time when, you know, they've got a fair number of their first team out. Arsenal, you know, the fact that they lost their first leg of their Champions League means they need to invest more in the second leg than perhaps we do. You know, all these things may or may not come into play. So, yeah, it's, it's a it's a nerve-wracking ride, but I think we'll know by the end of it how realistic it is that we're going to win a fourth title in a row.
1: I bet that Liverpool will be concerned. I don't know if you heard the news, but there were some uh, drug tests at the end of the game with, with the, particularly the youngsters of Liverpool, and they did find traces of Calpol. Uh, in, a, in a few of them. I don't know if you heard that, but uh, I don't know if that's going to come to anything where it's a fine or whether they give up on the League Cup and give it to Chelsea. Who knows? Um, we will find out in the next few days. Uh, so, <laughs> so, stop stop smiling. It's an old one, I know, but uh, they had some 14-year-olds, I think, didn't they? But we want to talk about them. How do you... I mean, Sarah's given us a very good assessment. Do you agree with kind of her, her points tally, the way that she's assessed that? Does that sound about right to you? Can we yeah, afford...
3: Can we afford to lose? Well, the crucial game in my mind, first of all, is Anfield. We can't afford to lose to Liverpool. Uh, we've not got a great record there, as we well know. But t- if you ask me now, I'd definitely take a draw. We, if we get through in the Cup, the Brighton game will be postponed because uh, it's uh, quarter final day that weekend. So, in a way, we do want to get through. And then at least it moves that game to a bit later in the season. And probably the same for the other team or Liverpool as well, because they're clearly, they're, if they get through their game, whatever it is that weekend will get pushed. Uh, if Liverpool have got two or three key players missing when we play them, it will help us. We've got to hope that we're still all relatively healthy and fit. Liverpool have also got a Thursday night away match against Sparta Prague in the um, Europa uh, League. So they'll be coming back late Thursday, early Friday for our, our game with them on Sunday, which again helps us. The fact that we scored that third goal in Copenhagen should help us in the home leg as well it means we don't necessarily need to put out our first best 11 if we have got a best 11 but you know what i mean we can afford to rest two or three key players as necessary and we should still have enough to get through pass get past copenhagen and i think pep's got to be and he will be he'll he'll play the players he thinks he needs to give the game time to and rest others ahead of the the crucial ones i can't re- quite remember when the assuming we did get through in the champions league i'm not sure when those then the quarter final matches are relative to our games against Arsenal and Villa. So in a way, if one of them is just before the Arsenal game, you hope Arsenal get through because you want them to play a midweek game as well as us having a midweek game. Um, Otherwise, we've got a few days less preparation time. So I wouldn't be too upset if Arsenal did manage to overcome Porto after a very tough game because they are 1-0 down. Um, Yeah, as on Sarah's point, I, I would take dropping two points on all those key games. We can't afford... I think we've got to beat Arsenal because it's the home match and we've got to beat Villa as well. But the Liverpool one, I would take a draw.
2: You're nodding there, Spencer. Well, That's yeah, it. I mean, I was just sort of, we're just doing a maths a little bit. We've got 59 points, haven't we? Sort of another 36 to play for, 95. Who knows what wins the league this season, but it's, it's, it's I'm sure it's over 90. We, we, we can afford to drop very few points between now and the end of the season. Um, I, I, You know, Liverpool are really strong. Let's not sugarcoat it. Arsenal are hitting great form, and I know they might have a lot of use a lot of help all over at Liverpool, but my God, they 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 did all right in the in the Carabao and they they in the clock factor, they are going to be there right to the end. There's no question of that in my mind. So I think we've got 12 games left. But to me, we've got a we've got to win 10 of them, uh, and there's just no room for slip-ups. So you know, if we can come out of the Spurs game at the end of April uh, with four very winnable last games to play. Then, then game on. But we, we really cannot afford hard, hardly any slip-ups between now and the end of the season if, if, we're, if we're going to do it.
1: So let's let's get some predictions then for that first game. Um, Stretford at home this Sunday, 3.30 kick-off. Let's have your predictions. Stato first, please.
3: I think there could be some goals in this because I think our defence is getting a bit challenged. But I'm going to be bowling <laughs> 3-2 City.
1: Okay, yeah, Sarah.
0: I'm going to go, I think, I think we'll let them score sadly, but I'm going to go 3-1 City.
2: Okay, and finally, Spencer Debson. 2-1, don't care, just please let us win this game. <laughs>
1: Amazing, thank you to my three guests, to Sarah Messenger, to Spencer Debson and to Stato Paul Demby, this is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon.